Hi, thank you for listening to Hip Squared. I'm your co-host, John Beecham. And I'm Troy Kramer. This is American Fantastic's pop culture podcast, celebrating everything from the mainstream to the independent, weird, old, and local. Troy, how's it going? Oh, it's been going pretty good. Uh, this is our first podcast. All very exciting stuff. And uh, We're like wading into shallow waters together. Yes. <laughs> Some warm, frothy, shallow waters of the ocean. Um, but yeah, so it looks like today we're just going to try and figure out how this podcasting thing goes. And yeah. uh, I mean, I've listened to a bunch of podcasts. That kind of makes me an expert, right? Uh, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you'll probably hear some uh, sounds every now and then from our computers uh, having, having fun, but just ignore those. Yeah, and, don't uh, worry, folks. We're mostly amateurs at this point. So, um, yeah, you can just look back on this as our rough cuts in the beginning <laughs> before we got really cool. <laughs> yeah, before we, before we had all this figured out. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, well, I guess I'm just going to um, – first thing we want to do is introduce each other. And um, I'll tell you a little bit about us. One thing you might not know just from our names is um, we are brothers. Uh, we are half-brothers. We have the same mother. and um, Brothers from the same mother. Yeah, brothers from the same mother. How's about that? Yeah. Um, and Troy is, uh, he is exactly 10 years and one day younger than me. So we're kind of, we're both millennials. We're both solid millennials. But I'd say he's like a medium range and I am a fine vintage fine vintage yeah but um other and then so yeah and so i guess we're just going to kind of take turns describing each other but we're also going to give each other a chance to talk so now that you know the basics of troy and i and how we know each other uh i can tell you a little bit about troy so i think of troy as um well first of all he's an eagle scout so that might give you a little bit of an idea and and i say that as like that's impressive to me that's like that's like somebody telling me they have like a master's degree, like another master's degree. It's like, oh, you're an Eagle Scout. That's like an insane amount of work to be doing as a teenager in high school. Uh, but he's also like, when you think of the Boy Scout, like you think of somebody kind of clean cut and um, pretty, you know, likes to follow the rules and kind of um, blend in a little, at least in like how he looks and talks. But then like so many other people like that, once you kind of peek below the surface, you find that you know that. Um, that that common subtle appearance just like holds you know multitudes so um and i guess yeah so well i'm gonna throw it back to troy troy so far <laughs> if anything i said um no that's that's totally accurate i just didn't want to interrupt you because yeah. you're compl- complimenting me so much <laughs> and, uh, i started blushing it was hard to it was hard to interject but yeah no so um i mean i was an, i'm am an eagle scout um but that was back in high school after that um, I graduated and moved on to college, just like many, just like uh, John here has as well. Like mm-hmm. we're so we're both. I guess like I can mention this. We're both college graduates. We both uh, went to University of Louisville. Uh, we both decided to run away from home yeah. after we graduated. Troy, there is one crucial difference here, though. <laughs> Troy, Troy got a STEM degree. He's an engineer. Yeah, and John got a education degree, and he is not a teacher. But... <laughs> I, used be, I used to be a teacher, so yeah, I, I, we won't get too hard into the nitty gritty of it. But just, I didn't quit teaching; teaching quit me. I could not continue and live in Louisville. Yeah, so. but I still uh, am very highly value my degree. I feel like it taught mm-hmm. me how to write and read and think, and made me very passionate about the arts. And like, that's one of the thing about moving to Louisville is there's a good art scene here, so that helped too. 
Um, so yeah, so we did both go to the same school. The last little section of things I'm going to say about Troy is just kind of like his how I view his relationship to pop culture. Because um, I think that might be kind of an interesting thing is like if we each have to describe what the other person is into. <laughs> but um, I would say what Troy likes, he is into um, nerdy things. And so when you think of like video games and um, like yes. card games, like Magic the Gathering, yes. board games, <laughs> he's also into some things that like um, you wouldn't expect just some, well, like a straight Eagle Scout to be into. He's into like musicals. He's into, mm-hmm. he's like performed in theater. So he's got that. He's the one who turned me on to Hamilton after mm-hmm. hearing it mentioned in like pop culture, like radio shows all the time. It's like, I knew Troy really loved it, so that made me want to listen to it, and I'm glad. I've turned many people on yeah, Hamilton. Yeah, he was an early adopter. <laughs> he knew about our founding fathers earlier than most of us did. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of um, – and I would say, like, Troy, like, um, one of the things that he kind of turned me on to, too, when we were much younger was Pokemon because he was a huge <laughs> Pokemon fan. And I I was like, picked up the Game Boy game, and, like, I never got into the cards, although I did, like, looking at Troy's and – um. I hated Mighty Morphin Power Rangers when it was on, but I thought what? of Pokemon. Yeah, I know. It was, like, the <laughs> first one I was, like, slightly too old for. But Pokemon kind of got me back because of, like, this whole, like, guilty pleasure aspect of it. So oh, I guess, okay. um, yeah. And I would say Troy does, like, like big mainstream things. Like, I think that you would probably, like, like, like superhero movies and, like, war oh, yeah. kind of movies, like, historical things. I'm super, and... I'm super basic like that. Yeah. I, I am so basic white girl okay. in those aspects. But John, so John's, like... If I'm on the mainstream, John is, like, um, on the other side of the world for me. Just uh, completely aspects. He's He is so hipster um, that, like, we've worried for years that he would break his hip from how hipster he is. Um, so <laughs> John, get me when I'm in my 60s. Yeah. So uh, John has been a reader and a writer longer than, well, I've been alive. His... His focus on reading on writing you can find at AmericanFantastic.com, which you'll probably hear about more than once on this yeah, podcast. <laughs> but he's um, written all his life. I remember, like as a kid when I was super young, John's the only one of us that had pretty much his own bookshelf of uh, books at the apartment or at the house. He has still has hundreds of comics up in the attic. And uh, he's just been like so, like writing and reading is is what I what I know of John's pop culture. And then he also beyond that, uh, I know he loves his B movies mm-hmm. uh, more than anyone else I know. <laughs> I I still have to like my peers. I have to describe to them what B movies are. Which oh, man, yeah, I know. <laughs> I was gonna say which probably appalls appalls him, but yeah, I know he loves Halloween. Is his time of year when he gets to watch all the like the just terrible awful horror movies that came out so and like that was that was something that i just never got into was the Mm -hmm. b was the b movies um it's kind of like if you really like a stinky cheese it's like you sort of have to be able to enjoy the um the funkiness and the ugliness of it but right yeah And, and then i know he also and he uh john's more of like does all the high fantasy stuff. So in terms mm-hmm. of things that we are like, we are similar, similar on is that high fantasy, um, you know, your Lord of the Rings, your game yeah. of Thrones, like both definitely, we're both definitely interested in that. Yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. I'd say like that whole kind of like nerd culture 
continuum, I think, is where we come together on a lot of things. Troy, I, one aspect of pop culture that neither of us haven't mentioned yet, I think, is important to both of us is video games. Mm-hmm. And I would say, like, yeah. whereas probably where Troy beats me in terms of like knowing about like the cool like things on Steam that you, like most people don't know about is uh is in yeah. video games and like yeah and so and I'm into those kinds of games too like independent um like small studio games but like also the big ones too like you and I um well we were both into like Nintendo consoles growing up mm-hmm. I had like a, I had an NES and a 64 and you had a GameCube I picked up the GameCube once John went to college and took his N64 yeah. with him I spitefully <laughs> took my N64 <laughs> but yeah so yeah so like I, I grew up as a Nintendo fanboy because John grew up as a Nintendo fanboy and we've pretty much stuck with that yeah. um, looking into different games if, if there's an aspect that I'll probably talk about more than uh, more than anything else it will be games and video games um, just because that's become so so much part of my life now, mm-hmm. um, you can't you can't see it here, but I'm looking over my like board game collection that I'm quite proud of that yeah. has plenty of obscure games that many people have not heard of. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think gaming is too like kind of its own art form now, and like video games are an art form, like very narrative and very beautiful, and like now it's even you have the bloated, overproduced games that can still somehow manage to be good even when mm-hmm. they have like 60 person teams to the the gems of games that are made by like one or two or three or four people and then there's also the ones where i'm like oh you're just begging for my 99 cents but i don't know if this game is worth it yeah <laughs> well so the video games are like such an art form right now so the one thing that i've started doing late that i like just started i think last night or two nights ago was um men you may have heard of a game called the last of us Yes, which is the zombie video game with mm. um, the guy and the, like the little girl, and they're trying to get through the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. That's twenty years later. So I had heard about this game forever ago, but it's only for PS4, and I realized I'm probably yeah. never gonna play it. Well, speaking of PS4, when it came out, it was only for PS3, the original. Oh, okay. And yeah. Kelly and I watched the entire game on YouTube. Well, guess what I'm doing right now? <laughs> Watching the entire game on YouTube. Yeah, I'm starting to. Okay. It's so in that aspect, it's like. I re- I recognize video games are definitely an art form to the point that yeah we can watch like we can watch a video game now and yeah. it's entertaining. Can you imagine watching like like NES Mario? Yeah. <laughs> See, well, like the only reason that would be compelling to watch a playthrough of those games would be if somebody was a virtuoso at it. Yeah, so that's where you see speedrunners. Yeah, but you wouldn't want to watch somebody like some <laughs> some nine year old kid like dying. You know, every time they make it to, like, level 2-4 and having to use continues over and over. <laughs> It'd be really boring. Oh, yeah. But thankfully, due to checkpoints and, you know... The, yeah, the future of gaming, where we are now, it's More just, forgiving. Mm-hmm. But, it, so, my interest in gaming has just been because I like doing things. Mm-hmm. I'm a person that very much like likes interactive things. I also, John didn't mention this, but I also play soccer. And I played soccer all through high school... I played all kinds of sports in grade school, but you uh, still play soccer, don't you? I still play soccer now. So, but it's just because I like I like doing things. It's hard for me to get through TV shows, just because it's like ah, I'm sitting <laughs> here, and I could be playing a game or I could be doing something else. Yeah, and that's why. That's, oh man, see that's an interesting um, observation because like I think I like when I d- watch TV. It's usually for that passivity and for that kind of like just fill my brain with something good um, because 
I feel like I am so hyper analytical a lot of the times, or I think like I'm always like so busy in my day to day life that a lot of times like I will want to play a video game, but I usually just hold it for the weekends because during the week it's like I just want to chill and like I'll read a book or I'll listen to something, but I want to do something like more passive unless it's like yeah no man gotta go gotta go (laughs) gotta get the job done well i mean that's a cool thing to like i mean i feel like you can get a lot more out of um those kinds of like those kinds of elements of pop culture in a way because you can like you're definitely it's kind of like giving your mind a whetstone to grind on Mm -hmm. in a way um like i think video games are like that especially in terms of like i i really like exploring in video games and talking Mm -hmm. to lots of people and like building that world but also kind of like just the whole um how much more simple video games are than life like even complex video games it's like Mm -hmm. oh like i have this defined goal and i know what it is yes and it's like nobody in life just (laughs) is like like i wish i mean i feel like sometimes like you know you hear the voice of god and like you get this feeling from the universe but it's not as simple as like having a golden exclamation point in your wallet you can look at so (laughs) i do that's comforting like even the activeness like the constraints sort of like built like that Mm mm-hmm well, we're getting we're getting to that point where uh, video games are getting more and more into our lives, and depending on who you are, you either find that very interesting or yeah. absolutely terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the gamification of culture, right? Like, isn't that what they call it? Like, people oh, refer yeah. to it as. I mean, if you if you want to look at like the good side, think of all the think of how it can inc- like help our education. Mm-hmm. You know, instead of um, there's a great YouTube series called Extra Credits, which I'd recommend and. I mean, this is our first podcast, I'm already recommending things. But um, they did a great episode on gamification where they talk about one of the great things gamification do is it can make learning interesting, Yeah. which, if you've seen the education system of America, could really use that. Oh, I agree. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, there's so much that's based on seat work and table work and, like, filling in worksheets, and that's kind of like... I mean, it kind of helped fill the time and help kids stay busy, but it's not like the enjoyable thing that you want them to be able to do right and so that's like the good ways that gaming can help mm-hmm. if you look at the bad ways you can see what china's doing yeah have you have, i don't know if you've heard about all of their social um social media websites and oh well i've heard one thing that's really frightened me about china as far as like social media and like you can kind of think of this as a gamification because it's it involves points mm-hmm. but that you can um, basically silence people who aren't patriotic enough or aren't towing the government line by affecting their credit score. So you could be, like, mm-hmm. somebody that makes a lot of money and has a stable job, but because you made the wrong social... Me- like, maybe you shared an ah way way image you that, like, somebody on the wrong side of the party saw, you could, like, you're all your... Sorry, your credit score has dropped 100 points in a day. Yeah. So <laughs> we, we've totally gone off track, which That's I think okay. is awesome. <laughs> but, um... No, I think it's cool. Like, video games and, I mean, gamification, and, I mean, it all kind of relates to each other, and it seems like... It's neat to see how relatively young art forms like mm-hmm. video games are like start to oh, seep yeah. into the the like the day to day lives that people lead. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I think I think it's I think it, you're right. It's got its positives and negatives. I think when it's used to make learning fun, or it's used to make a monotonous activity more enjoyable, or it's used to kind of like encourage you to. Um, be healthier like i know a lot mm-hmm. of like fitness apps are kind of like oh, gaming fitbit yeah fitbit has changed the world man <laughs> <laughs> but i mean anything that can get somebody off of their ass and out like exercising or anything like that that like promotes good behavior i guess i should say or like productive um like for myself i know there's 
I don't know. Like, this is kind of bleeding the world between just a game and, and just a regular app. But, like, there's, like, meditation um, apps you can get. And it'll, like, there's, like, hmm. that whole social network built in. So you can, like, and it's, like, you rate things while you do it. So even though it's not necessarily a game per se, like, it has elements that you would find in a game, like, oh, this is, like, this many stars out of five. Or, like, oh, my right. friend from Seattle listened to this same guided meditation, so I'll listen to it. It's, like... So just having that sort of like digital, um, I don't Tracker. know. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say even too, like when you think about just a basic menu, mm-hmm. I mean, when I think of like old Dragon Warrior, like from the eighties <laughs> and like, uh, just, but just like, like scrolling through the menu and like, it's almost like folders and subfolders. Like, it look, it's like looking at a spreadsheet. Yeah. But it's like, but what do you think of how, ga- like, even like in those ways that gamer for gaming fine, the culture has kind of like seeped into that because when I, mm. I think when you navigate a menu from an app like that goes straight from like rpgs right and like those kinds of menus and those kinds of displays and oh all that. man that's why like even our our uh nieces have got have got it made because they're they're living in the future and they're mm-hmm. like they're what four yeah five? Think... and they've already got ipads that they're playing with mm-hmm. they're learning that at like such a young age yeah. i know it's something that they're kind of like just being born into where it's like we like slowly gained access to that technology and mm-hmm. there's there's a quote and I can't remember the exact words but it was something along the lines of anything made after your anything technology wise made after your 20 is amazing anything made after your 40 40 is just magic yeah like you have no like how how did they possibly come up with this yeah. well it is interesting like to see how people adopt to it and like I think it's really cool how mom has caught up to technology mm-hmm. in the last few years because I feel like I mean, I think Mom knew how to email and do little things online, but she went from, like, not really using the internet very often at all to me moving away and kind of, like, pushing her to get on Facebook to, like, now, like, mm-hmm. she has a smartphone, she knows how to send pictures, she knows how to do all these kinds of things that, like, I think for somebody who's 60-plus is pretty impressive. Right. But I guess the difference is, is like, that was something that um she... And I guess the flip side of, like, her having to learn how to do that is, like, she could probably, like, change a ribbon in a typewriter or, like, yeah. <laughs> do other things that I would just be lost on. I mean, like, she can she can, she can, can sew and yeah. repair, like, repair Sewing fabrics. is magic to me. <laughs> like, Kelly knows how to just, like, put needle and thread together and put buttons back on. Like, that's magic. I mean, it's craftiness. Yeah, it's, it's just it's just different skill sets and, um, like, where who's who knows how to use them and where, where they're useful and yeah. where we are in our time. But, yeah, if it, I guess, like, the the other thing, too, I say about gamification, and when you brought up Eve, is, like, they uh, you need responsible parents to be able to teach you that balance. Yes. Because I've kind of thought, like, I'm expecting a child in January, and I thought, Ooh. yeah, her name's going to be Gaia. I'll let you guys know when she gets here. Um, but just thinking about how to balance technology, because, like, part of me wants to kind of, like, really push her toward only, like, really playing with, like, analog toys and getting involved mm-hmm. in, like, you know, learning how to make songs and sing songs and kind of, like, do those things, which I think is important to give them the opportunity to do that. Uh-huh. But I feel like if you don't expose them to technology early and, like, let them get used to it, it's sort of, like... Um, a disadvantage. A disadvantage, yeah, because, mm-hmm. like, yeah, they might be, like, way more expressive in some ways or, like, know how to use their imaginations really strongly, but that's not going to help them when, like, they need to use a computer or, like go and check their bank balance online like you still need to build those in right and you also and like if you go the complete opposite way you have the you have the p like you don't want to sit your kid in front of a tv with an ipad you know 
nine hours a day and then come home and play with them at like yeah. every now and then well that's like well, you'll see those sad uh pictures too of like the dad holding the baby in one hand and like but his eyes are on the <laughs> iphone and the other and it's just like take this magic moment and, <laughs> and i don't know i'm sure like eventually that novelty does wear off and you're just kind of doing your day-to-day stuff but it's like i don't know i could see like listening to music or like a, some like what you held but not like your whole attention is focused on a screen while, like, you're holding another living being. Right. But I guess I shouldn't judge parents either. I've heard that's a big no-no. So maybe, like, when I'm in the thick of it, I'll be like, yeah, I know <laughs> I exactly why that guy was uh, checking his Facebook messages then, because... <laughs> we'll be talking to John, <laughs> yeah, no like... other time to do it. <laughs> we'll be talking to John, like, six months from now. Yeah, it's either that or when he's on the toilet. Those are his only choices. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's... It's... Well, it's the future, and we'll see. We'll see where it takes us. And uh, technology is a wonderful thing, and can also be a burden. But yeah, that's true. I my relationship to technology has changed from sitting at a computer and being on a computer all day. Mm-hmm. Like it's weird because um, that's how I earn my living now is working and looking at a computer and clicking on a mouse. Like, I do uh, drafting for a telecommunications company. It's a very boring-sounding job, but it lets me listen to podcasts and music all day. <laughs> I don't really have to interact with people very much except through email. But anyway, just, um, like, it's different than working in customer service or working as a teacher or working, like, face-to-face somewhere because you're then you're, like, having to interact with other human beings a lot. Oh, that's exhausting. It is exhausting. <laughs> it's its own kind of exhausting. But now it's, like, I feel weird about, like, I'll be a work all day but then i'll come home and i'll feel like you know a certain avenue of my social life is like online mm-hmm. that's how i communicate with people and like i want to be dependable so if you like send me a message here i'll reply to it so i do have to kind of check it and that's where i get like all the podcasts that's where i publish my website so it's weird how like now my work life is involved in this instrument that's also involved in my like personal and entertainment life deeply and sometimes like i don't know how i feel about that yeah <laughs> well it's it's one of those things that I, I think about this every now and then. Um, can you imagine the world for a day if just all the power went out? Yeah. Just like we are so connected to the grid, and I don't mean I don't mean like oh the power went out of your house. I mean all the power went out. Satellites don't work. Yeah. You so from there you lose like your cell phone doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You lose the internet. You lose any kind of connection to loved ones that are far away. Yeah, your loved ones at work. Um, your car won't work. There, like, technology and electricity have gotten so embedded into our lives yeah. that humans just could not function. Yeah, and uh, uh, like with where we're at, they could not function yeah. uh, in a in a first world country. No, you wouldn't. It wouldn't be the same kind of lifestyle, and also I think it would be one of those... It would be a kind of catastrophic event where there would be people that would survive it, but it wouldn't be like everybody would. It would be like entering a new age of humanity or civilization, or like kind of like going into another dark age. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, too, is like I always have this kind of strange like um, relationship to that kind of apocalyptic like idea or philosophizing, because I also think like with... Like, when you think about things like climate change or, like, the mm-hmm. possibility of, like, nuclear war or things where humanity could, like, very easily erase itself from the map, I almost think that, like, us losing, um, like, either through, like, fossil fuels going scarce or, like, yeah, like, some kind of weird um, solar or, like, space event 
Mm-hmm. I almost think that would be a more gentle way for us to kind of like <laughs> get to our next step. But I mean, I hope we kind can of just knock like, in the head. I mean, I'd rather us like kind of like just evolve organically into like going to renewable energies and like, but like still, even that, if you had renewable energy and you weren't hurting the earth that way, you'd still be very dependent mm-hmm. on that electronic technology, however you're getting it. So, yeah, I don't know. Either way, I guess <laughs> the, the good thing is, is like we should all have a backup plan for. How to survive the end of the world. <laughs> and, like, you know, I think part of it, yeah, you would have to learn how to, like, forage, grow food, mm-hmm. um, hunt small animals. You, you'd have to learn all these skills. And, like, I think the other things you'd have to learn that people have kind of forgotten when you think about technology or how the world changes is things like co- cooperation. I was going to say interacting with real human people. <laughs> yeah, and, like, not hurting people over silly superficial things because if you do, that's, like, one less person to help you find water or food or mm-hmm. shelter. <laughs> Yeah, Did we. Yeah, you don't value people enough. But we're going, we're going yeah. really deep here. Yeah, we are. <laughs> so we should probably, we should probably roll back just a smidge. Yeah, let's. Um. Well, did you have anything specific pop culture wise that you wanted to talk about, like a certain topic or? Um, I was gonna talk about games, but man, we we talked about those a lot. Okay, and that's pretty much all I know. Well, so. that's um. <laughs> I'll talk about one specific thing that I know about that I got turned on to recently. Um. One of the podcasts I love to listen to is what's also an NPR show. It's called Bullseye with Jesse Thorne. Okay. And he had Sarah Jessica Parker on because she's in a new show called Divorce. Okay. But I'm not going to talk about Divorce today. I haven't <laughs> seen it. It's supposed to be really good. It's um, her and Thomas Hayden Church and their marriage is falling apart. And it's written by – it's like a, it's like kind of like a dark comedy. Okay. And it's gotten like great reviews. But mm. the thing I did um, learn about that interview was that she was in a TV show called Square Pegs. In 1982. Have you ever heard of that? I don't know why it rings a bell, but it does. Okay. Well, I did post it to my Facebook feed. Well, I posted it into a group I belong to, so you might have seen that. I might have been. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know much about it at all. Okay. Do tell. Okay, so <laughs> it was Sarah Jessica Parker's first TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, she had been in, like, movies and, like, in theater and things like that, but it was, a, it was, like, a teenage high school comedy. Okay. It only lasted for one season. Oh. Um, it had a woman, I think her name was Ann Bates, like, creator and writer. Okay. So it was kind of ahead of its time that way. Yeah. And it was just sort of like, I would say it was like a cross between, like, Freaks and Geeks and, like, Saved by oh. the Bell. So it was, like, a little touch of silliness, but not as much as Saved by the Bell. Right. And a little touch of, like, hard, grim reality, but, but also not, as, not much. as much as Freaks and Geeks. Okay. So it's, like, kind of a sweet spot between those two. Yeah. I had not heard about that at all. It, it's It's... It sounds like it hits a culture. So the problem with things like Freaks and Geeks is that I I, I don't know much about the show, mm-hmm. but the way between the name and the way that you described it, it sounds like it it almost stereotypes. Yeah, well, um, it does. It does tread on stereotypes, okay. like which is, in my opinion, pretty dangerous. I mean, that's another. I, I can go on another topic, but that's an issue because you get these people that maybe are interested in like nerdy things mm-hmm. that are like freaks that are yeah. geeks and if you have an entire show devoted to like pointing at these people and either yeah. laughing or going god what is what is wrong with these people it's just like if you have a show that's based around that it's like what is that what message does that send yeah. to them that that they're like how does that make them feel they're yeah. accepted yeah, in this world yeah it is world? kind of like creating sort of an other kind of aspect to them. Mm-hmm. Well, I think what those shows try to do, too, and, like, 
like Square Pegs tries to do this, but it tries to kind of like humanize those people. Okay. So I think, and like John Hughes movies do this, like The Breakfast Club is like when you're talking about the stereotypes, that's basically all it yeah. is. But they create these kind of like, like what seem superficially to be stereotypes. But then that's also kind of like, I would use the term archetype almost. Okay. Because what Square Pegs has, I'll go down the list. You have Sarah Jessica Parker is your nerdy smart girl. Mm-hmm. A little too smart for her own good. Yeah. And um, you have her best friend, who's okay. also a little boy crazy. Okay. Um, But more so like vicariously, like trying to like, do you, that boy, did he ask you to dance kind of thing? You oh, have, okay. You have a mean girl who's okay. like straight out of the movie Mean Girls, only there's just one of them. Okay. Even has like... One of the pretties? Yeah, and she has one of those like artificial teenage girls. You know what she sounds like? She sounds like um, Lumpy Princess. Lumpy Space Princess. <laughs> like, am I got Ben? Are you kidding me? Like, I don't want to sit with next to somebody who has braces because they gross me out. Ugh. That is awful. Yeah, so it's one of those voices. It like, yeah, it's completely stereotypical, mm-hmm. but it also like sets up that archetype, so you kind of know who the villain is supposed to be. Well, not the it's villain, like, but like, yeah, it's like the second she opens your mouth, you just go. Ugh. But then it does. It does address like things like bullying, like in like clicks in the cafeteria, like mm-hmm. basic. And she does it in this really passive aggressive way, where it sounds like she's just talking to you. Mm-hmm. But she basically like gave this Sarah Jessica Parker's best friend grief because she had braces on. Uh, okay. And the other thing that's weird about it being from the eighties is like there's also a lot of issues with glasses, and like oh, Sarah yeah. Jessica Parker like taking your glasses off or feeling self conscious about that, and it's huh. like. Now I think of glasses as being, like, this kind of, almost, like, a hip thing. And it like, is, yes. Yeah, and, like, and that's the thing, too, is, like, it's weird from, like, these shows from the early 80s is, like, now that nerd culture is sort of, like, uh, cool in its own way, but back then it really wasn't. Mm-hmm. The one thing that's really funny, though, is there's a hipster in the show. Okay. They don't call yeah. him a hipster. There's an 80s hipster? <laughs> well, he's in a new wave. Oh, okay, but okay. You know, you know he's supposed to be a hipster because he's like, oh, I'm not a punk anymore, I'm in a new wave. It's a completely <laughs> different space, man. <laughs> and, um... And then he's and he's got like his little friend is like the Joker, like the uh, kind of the class, oh, the class clown, clown cut up, who's also just sort of like yeah, he's like a smart aleck, but he's got a crush on Sarah Jessica Parker and uh, okay. So it, it, and I've only watched the first episode. I'd like to watch the whole season eventually, and I, and I know I will. It's because it's like I like it when you know it's something that long. But I definitely anybody who's into like John Hughes, anybody that's like Mrs. Freaks and Geeks, it's another show that only lasted one season. It was kind of ahead of its time. And I guess it just never found that grip. But um, also, any Sarah Jessica Parker fans, it's like if you were into Sex in the City or know somebody who was, like this would be a fun. <laughs> you could see what um, Marant- see, I, oh, people are gonna hate me. I think her name was Carrie. Was like in high school. So, but um, I think we're about ready to wrap things up. Yeah. So, um, how do you feel like it went? I think that was actually pretty good. I mean, we were able to talk coherently for about half an hour. So yeah, go and us. <laughs> yeah, thank you for listening. If you lasted this long, um, well, that's it for this episode of Hip Squared. Right on, man. Right on. Right we'll, on. Uh, well, I guess we'll be heading back next week, hopefully. Yes, next week, hopefully. Um, but yeah, guys, we'll see you next time. Toodles. <laughs> <laughs>